0: Can I tell you something? I'm so excited. Can you see the excitement on my face? I am so excited. I'm Guy Adami, by the way. That's Dan Nathan. This is Market Call, July 21st. N21, folks. EY from SoFi will be joining us. And I got to tell you something. In all her weeks of coming, I think these headlines she's bringing, what she did with these headlines to me, it's just a a masterpiece. What can I tell you? Today's episode brought to you by factset financial data and analytics powered by tomorrow sofi dan get your money right all in one app and of course we are powered by open exchange Boy, strange day here, Dan. Obviously, you got the headline about the president. The market sold off. It's coming back. How are you, yeah. by the way? I'm doing well, guys. I, you know, I didn't even put a
1: collar on today. You know, when I leave the house in New York and City in the tea, morning, like
0: the group. It,
1: literally, it was like 100 degrees. And I always have like a collar shirt. I just can't get myself to do it. It is mm. like literally like kind of tarmac melting weather here. And you know, this is one thing. And you got to remember this from your days in New York City. Do you remember late July? You remember like there's a, like a little puddle because it rained a couple days ago. And then it merges with the trash that's on the side, you know, and then you get 95 degree heat and it makes this thing that makes you want to get as far away from New York City as possible. It's just it's something that exists for like a couple weeks in New York City. I'm just going to let you visualize that.
0: Yeah, like locusts. They call that a witch's brew. But yeah, they do in terms of the market, Dan, nice oh, segue guy, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. I'm not sure what we have here, a bit of a witch's brew. The fact that the market continues to shrug off in a couple of days in a row now, obviously the headline from, about Apple, I didn't say from Apple, yeah. about Apple a couple of days ago, obviously the president headline today, President Biden tested positive for COVID. Again, yeah. shrugging it off leads me to believe maybe that 4,100 in the S&P that we've been talking about, maybe we're destined to get
1: there. Well, you've been talking about it and you've kind of been steadfast on it. And I will say this is that there's been you know, no shortage of kind of negative headlines, geopolitical here on the earnings front, you know, that the market just seems to want to kind of ramp a little bit higher, the stock market that is. I mean, I will say this and we're going to go into it with Liz a little bit. I mean, rates are still really confusing here. You know, the the, the, the 10 year just seems to have downward pressure on it. The two year just seems to kind of levitate a little bit. So we have the widening mm-hmm. of that spread. We've talked about that a lot so we'll get into that a little bit later but again that just speaks to us stagflation, which is really, no matter what comes out of this earnings period that we're in right now, is that it just doesn't speak to me that we're out of the woods yet. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to rally to 4,100, you want to rally to 4,200, that's fine. But if you're going to buy out of fear of missing out there, I'd tell you that you're not paying attention because all of the inputs that we want to use to kind of give our sense, you know, that the economy is going to be, okay, moving to a next stage, they're just not there yet. And when you think about, that the Fed just started raising interest rates for the first time since 2018 in March, right? The 75 basis point hike that we had in June was the first of that magnitude in 20 years. And we know that it just takes time to work through. We also have a dollar, the Dixie, the US dollar index at 107. you know. So we have you know, crude wallets come off. We're gonna talk about that a little bit. It's still really high, right? So it just doesn't seem like the economy's done. And if we get out of this earnings season guy, and we haven't had any major downgrades to guidance from the big kahunas here, I don't think that that is particularly bullish either because I no, just I don't think-
0: no, listen, I'm with you, and we're going to look at a few of these headlines, but you, know, you mentioned getting out of the woods. I will tell you that Dorothy and her three mates, along with Toto, once they got out of the woods, they got into the poppy field. They thought they were home free. You know what happened there? The witch sprinkled the magic dust. They all fell asleep. Then... Then what's faced her face? Glenda the good witch made it snow. They woke up. That's where we are right now. We're out of the woods, but we're about to enter a poppy field, which may be landmines. But that's neither here nor there. I mention that because we're going to talk about some great literature in a few minutes. Anyway, you look at these headlines. Trust the rally. Well, Tom Lee always trusts the rally. And I think he thinks the second half is going to be pretty good. Helene, who we've had on our Twitter spaces a number of times, is probably listening now, put out a tweet yesterday. NASDAQ had 61 new lows yesterday. Lowest number since November, and obviously, our guy Q tweeting some stuff out as well. A lot of the chorus, and we've mentioned it yesterday, a lot of people trying to pin the bottom or saying they were the person to define the bottom they might be right for the next couple of weeks. I don't think, to your point, they're going to be right in the longer run. Yeah, I mean, listen, you
1: know, we talked about it yesterday on the market call here a little bit. It's just that, you know, all the bottom calls, the bottoms in, this, that, or whatever. Again, if you're not focused on how the economy is going to react to quantitative tightening and these rate hikes that are really going to find themselves working into the economy right now, we're starting to see, this is the one thing, and we talked about it a lot here, we have not seen unemployment tick up. And there's no way we come out of this with a 3.6% Unemployment level. So if that starts to pick up, you know, and we're starting to see it yesterday, Ford said they're going to cut 8,000 jobs mm-hmm. over the next few weeks. We know that Microsoft, Alphabet, Apple, I mean, the list goes, Facebook, the list goes on and on about halting hiring, slowing it down, killing jobs. So to me, that's the next leg. And I just wanna look at this S&P really quickly, Guy. We drew a couple lines here. 4,200 was that breakdown level back in early May. We had that rally into the June Fed meeting, and we went down about 10% in a straight line when the Fed floated that trial balloon that they were not gonna do 50 basis point hike, they're gonna do 75. Now, granted, the further we rally now into next week's meeting, and then we also have all of those your tech names the more risk i think it is to another surprise down leg especially if the fed is very hawkish and i do expect that we see new lows in the s&p at some point in the next few
0: months no i think we're both in lockstep with that you know i do think so much of this is contingent upon the fed i mentioned it yesterday you know that old adage of don't fight the fed when are adding liquidity if you're fighting the fed you're bearish well now if you're fighting the fed effectively you're being bullish because the fed is taking it away and we'll see i don't think they're going to run from that And although crude oil has come off like 30% and commodities in general probably down about that amount, even if you were to take that 9.1% print and take it down by the aforementioned 30%, you're still talking about a CPI number that's going to be in the sixes somewhere, which is still triple what they want. So inflation is still a problem. They can't run from their, their pivot, and I don't think they will. And I think to your point, when the market realizes that, that's the next leg lower.
1: Yeah, let's just really quickly the NASDAQ, the NASDAQ one hundred here. That thirteen thousand level, that was the breakdown in May. We saw the consolidation in June prior to the Fed meeting, just below that. We went down. You know, one of the things I I do think is interesting to kind of remark, and we're gonna hit this in about a minute or so, is like the relative strength of some of these beaten up tech names is definitely notable. So that's something that I think that people who want to be bullish are gonna to continue to focus on that, especially if we get out of earnings seasons without any major disasters. Netflix was a good start. Maybe we'll see what happens with Snap tonight, but this is one we we highlighted this a couple weeks ago when Katie Huberty, the analyst who covers Apple at Morgan Stanley, she had a slightly near-term negative tone. This morning, she's out with a note saying the company could be a $3 trillion market cap. We know it's over $2 trillion right now in a services shift. But this is one line I think is really important, Guy. And I don't think enough people are paying attention to it. We've talked about it a couple times. If you draw a line from the pre-pandemic highs in Apple and you do all of those local lows in an uptrend over the last year and a half, nearly two, look at that it becomes resistance right at its 200
0: day moving average we're definitely going to focus on it a lot more before they report next week thoughts on that line guy this is exactly right i mean i didn't by the way i didn't think we'd get this high but now that you draw the line and you show where the moving average is i guess it makes sense and i think people were looking for apple when the market was selling off as sort of this flight to quality very defensive and now that the market is rallying apple's trading in kind i get it katie Huberty says it can hit three trillion should probably be right at some point yeah I, I wouldn't put it past them but with that said what does it do first and you know all those that say you have to own apple not trade it look at when it's trading at its all-time highs which it's not now you look like a genius when it pulls off 30 35 percent which we've seen recently yeah. you're not looking so good and they do report i don't think it's going to be about this quarter I think it's going to be about the guide. I don't think the guide is going to be particularly robust, and I think Apple's going to trade off. And I think that, to me, is what signifies the next leg lower of the market. We'll see if I'm right. Yeah, but to that outperformance, I mean, the stock is down only 12% of the year. The S&P is
1: down about 16%. The NASDAQ 100 is down about 22%. So when you consider you know, just that outperformance, it's meaningful. There's a lot of money hiding in there. Let's pivot for a second here, Guy. We just mentioned Netflix wasn't a great quarter. We talked about it yesterday in Market Call. Stock is trading very well on the back of it it wasn't as bad as people expect I think it's remarkable just to consider Amanda to put this chart together these are some names that I started buying in May into early June I had a long-term time horizon was not full positions I'm expecting for lower lows here but look at the performance in just you know this month alone and then look at that next column to its right guy of just how much they are still down on the year mm-hmm. snaps going to be really important we're gonna hit PayPal and meta next week in their earnings previews but look at this one the implied move guy is nearly 20 percent that's just for today into tomorrow okay about three dollars i drew a little trend there or you know the downtrend you see where that is it's somewhere it gets you down to maybe 17 bucks or sorry excuse me in the 20s okay we're not going there any anytime soon
0: but then that gap talk to me about that gap and its ability to fill in that gap been running running around the bottom here if you look i mean this chart if you really think about it it looks like that netflix chart which wound up setting up really well i think the same thing's going to happen here at snap and i think you're right to point out the relative value that snap provides vis-a-vis some of these other names that have also been beaten up so i think you're right to build a position i think this is a name that actually can be an acquisition target when the world straightens itself out and i do think we're going to trade back up into that gap so I think being long this name in the numbers makes sense. And you've pointed that out for quite some time, Dan.
1: Well, listen, again, you know, I, I am expecting, especially with these consumer oriented ad, you know, like dependent names is like not great guidance. So I guess the point is, is if they can do what Netflix does, that is just one step closer to saying that the massive bear market in the NASDAQ, which has really been going on under the surface, not the major index, but dozens, or if not hundreds of names in the broader market in the high valuation, formerly high growth tech, then maybe that's one step closer to them bottoming. Okay. Like that's just, you know, my take. Now let's just pivot really quickly before we get to Liz here, guy, because this is important. We spent a lot of time yesterday on Tesla. Carter doesn't like the charts. I don't like the fundamentals. You've definitely been a bit more measured about the story, the fundamental story, less so about Elon Musk and the whole Twitter saga and the political bent and stuff like that. But, you know, Carter and I, wrong he's wrong on the technicals right now if you took the the name off this chart you'd say to yourself that's a beautiful breakout yeah, right is. there was a lot so talk to me about like how this stock's acting i've lost money in it i had a put spread i'm wrong i still don't like it it doesn't make me feel any better about the story what i just heard from them last night
0: Does it exhaust itself, though, the same way it exhausted itself when it reported on April 20th, I think, when the stock went from a 980-ish to almost 1100 on big volume? Does it do the same thing today? Obviously now north of 800. We talked about it. We said it probably rallies into earnings and post earnings. I thought the post earnings rally is something to be sold. I will tell you, I didn't think we'd get above 800. I mean, that's just the way it is. But I do think this is a rally that I think you can sort of lay into and lean into. And yeah. I think we're going to look at this chart in a couple of weeks and say, hey, you know what? That pennant was a bit of a false breakout. You had a huge volume day on the Thursday that they reported, the day after, obviously, and we'll see. But I think this has given you an opportunity to, if you've been fortunate enough to be long over the last 120 or so dollars, to lay into it, to take profits. And if you look at an enter a short position, I think this makes sense right now. Because oh. if you really think about it, was a quarter that good they sold seventy five percent of their Bitcoin effectively in order to make numbers. I mean, does the market look past that? Apparently that it is.
1: Well, and their automotive margins were down. I thought it was crap, mm-hmm. to be frank. And you know, again, this is just my quick take is like I think that if they had reported number and guided like honestly, their visibility is horrible right now. And I think all the caveats they had about their guidance or their delivery guidance was horrible. He needs to keep the thing together. If that thing falls out of bed he can't if he is effectively ordered by the court in delaware in september to close that deal if tesla is much lower he can't do it all right listen i'm gonna call an audible here guy because you know i like that you know how you say behind
0: center you're calling an audible yeah but you
1: know you know how you say this we're putting 30 on the clock Okay, I, we I we need and we and have a tight nobody schedule. Nobody to it. I right. mean, I
0: try, but but I mean,
1: we're, we're we're doing it today. And right now it is one thirteen, and we're going to be out of here at one thirty, and that means we need Challenge. to give we need to give Liz her due here because we wouldn't be here on a Thursday if it wasn't <laughs> for Liz. We're trying to get our money right in one app and in one show here today. Ey, welcome. What's up? What's up?
2: <laughs> I'm so excited for this one. I wow. can't wait. Well, hold wait.
1: on you got you gotta listen i'm gonna let you and guy have a field day here we want to hit two more things here okay really quickly because oh, again we are in earnings season <laughs> and and amanda put together a nice little wrap of of three companies that reported overnight one was united one was Blackstone and one was AT;T and they all had some kind of interesting things to say and all the stocks are acting very very poorly here guy give it to me what you thought of united why is this stock down 10 percent it sounds like it was the first profitable quarter since the pandemic pandemic started here that's a big new for a stock that's really underperformed
0: yeah but it rallied into earnings right I mean you did see this bounce in earnings traded up to the moving average giving it back I guess it makes sense I also think people are concerned about these new strains and stuff and obviously Europe slowing down and don't discount for the middle don't discount for a second the fact that heat's playing in this well I don't think people want to travel in this weather I know it sounds crazy it's not going away anytime soon this is quickly what I took away. Blackstone, if you really listen to them, they didn't paint a pretty... They did not paint a particularly rosy outlook looking forward. And Blackstone clearly has their finger on the pulse. at just continues to suck. Yeah, I think as much as they want to blame it on the consumer, AT and T is an AT and T.
1: Well, all right, but I, w- I just want to make one point, and then mis- maybe this is where Liz can get in on all this. I mean, listen, we started to see defaults in some Pride Autos. We're starting to see some data in different parts of lending. When you see the push out of you know payments on your fifty dollar a month cell phone, I mean, like that's where it's about to get real. And I just mentioned if unemployment starts to tick up, and again, I'm not hoping for that. You know, I mean, none of us are right. right. Like, but I think it's like bound to happen. So Liz, what's your take when you see without, you know, you don't have to comment individually on these stocks, but, you know, we're probably 25% through S&P 500 earnings. Is this going to be something that we hear more of as we get through earnings? And is that the thing that maybe starts to weigh on equity markets?
2: Yeah, well, first of all, unemployment, the number of actual unemployment hasn't ticked up yet. But if you go look at my Twitter feed today, initial jobless claims have ticked up and yeah. there's a very clear new trend upward. Continuing claims haven't shown it quite yet, but obviously that's a lagging indicator. So the labor market is starting to cool. And I think the unemployment rate and some of this other, the jolts data, all the monthly data that we get, it'll just catch up in a couple of months. So as far as earnings season, you're right. I mean, we're, we're hearing some mixed messages, right? And I think it's hilarious that the Netflix data was taken as positive because they only lost half as many (laughs) subs as they were supposed to, but We needed to hear this, and we've been talking about this on Market Call for months, that the market goes first, earnings still needed to come down. I do think that we're going to hear a lot more of this, especially next week. There's, I think, 168 S&P components that are going to report next week, and it's all different sectors. We're going to hear from consumer sectors. We'll hear from tech. We'll hear from some industrials. We'll hear from materials, right? It's the sectors that actually are getting pinched by inflation, and I think that we're going to hear guides down. I think we're going to hear about more inventory problems and the market is going to have to sort through that because up until this point it really does seem like the market's still expecting earnings to be decently strong
0: before we dissect your note which by the way i got to tell you something i can't (laughs) wait for this let's take a look at crude oil because (laughs) energy i mentioned energy is a story well it's manifesting itself obviously in this right here russia coming back online a little bit you know what let's see how this plays itself out this could be another one of those buy the news types of events but right now Dan's been spot on this WTI basically since the last couple months, upper left, lower right. What do you think in here, Energy? I don't think it's over, EY.
2: What do you, you don't think the uptrend is over? I don't, you think, don't the think the uptrend, the uptrend is, over. is over. I st-
0: I still think there are many chapters left in this bullish, crude narrative.
2: Yeah, for me, I stand by what I said a few weeks ago, even before some of this, this further drawdown. I'm not an energy bull. I I don't think it's worth the risk. I don't think it's worth trying to ride out these bumps because, and there's two sides to that. Number one, I think there's so many things that energy reacts to that we have absolutely no control over and it turns on a dime and it's just not worth trying to catch that. But number two, I think that we are getting closer to a point where you have nice entry points back into other sectors, back into the broader market. And I'd rather take my capital and put it there.
1: Yeah. I mean, Guy, you've made this point, though, regardless of the geopolitical things that have kind of caused the the spike over the last, call it six to seven months or so. You know, you do have a situation where the companies, if you're looking at, we we look at the XLE, we look at the OIH, the large integrateds, or the OIH, the the drillers, they're just better run. The balance sheets are in better shape, the cash flow generation. So again, maybe that's the lesson here is that even if crude were to come back towards those kind of November highs, somewhere in the mid to high 80s, you might still have a really good earnings setup. You know what I mean for for the group going forward. I'm just I, listen that chart that we just threw up there and the crude guy, it's kind of getting to make or break you know and that downtrend is obviously pretty steep you see that support going back to you know early this year here in February right before that parabolic move and I think it probably overshoots goes through that 200-day moving average goes through that support but who knows? That's what makes a market. All right, guy, let's talk about this really quickly, because this is probably a good way to get into Liz's note here. ECB, not a huge surprise. I guess this is the headline from CNBC, surprises market with larger than expected rate hike. But I guess, you know, we've all been thinking that all of these other central banks are going to have to catch up to our more aggressive stance here. Give me your take on what this means, you know, for rates. And we saw
0: some, we saw some volatility in rates here off this i didn't think it was a surprise i mean i thought i'd heard 50 basis points for a while so yeah. i mean i don't write headlines either so that's neither here nor there i'll say this i mean they clearly have an inflation problem as well and they're trying to deal with tamping down inflation with the backdrop of an economy that's clearly been slowing down and quite frankly and an i can speak to this there's a very good chance that as we sit here right now the eurozone is in a recession we'll see how it plays itself out but what does it mean it means central banks which have been behind the curve now literally for years are trying to play catch up. And it's a very difficult game and a very difficult thing to try to thread the needle with. And I don't think that none of them are going to be able to do it. Right now, the markets are sort of going sideways to slightly higher. I think it's just a matter of time before the markets react as global central banks. that are trying to get themselves back in lockstep with where the world truly is. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, listen, you know, we've been tracking this kind of 210 spread and kind of what we think it means mm-hmm. for the health of the economy. And you've kind of rightly pointed this out, Guy, that, you know, the two just has that upward pressure because what the fed is saying and doing with fed funds and the 10 year just feels heavy based on what we think is going to happen with the economy so liz you know guy, wait, wait, hold got guy know you it. got you got to do it you got to do it i'm just i don't mean to step on your toes <laughs> no, here buddy
0: this is all you all right i'm sorry Here's so I, I actually went to school and i had to Are read certain book yeah believe, and it's hard to believe i know <laughs> you wouldn't know it if you watched cnbc for the last 15 and a half years but you know i saw this and i just this is what i've envisioned right it's you're sitting. You're sitting on like your couch. You're drinking like a scotch, and you're laughing hysterically on your typewriter as you're putting these things down. And you know one of them's better than the other. I mean, just let's pull up the full screen here because this is wonderful. I will tell you, mine to kill a stocking bird is my personal favorite. Obviously, pulling from the great Harper Lee, but you know a little F. Scott Fitzgerald for you, the great Flatsby Moby Dick. I mean, really, <laughs> call me a smile. But pride and prudence, I mean, pulling Uh, your inner Jane Austen, this is your best effort to date. And I love every minute of it. And I find myself grinning from ear to ear.
2: You know, I think this might have to be my last note. I can't beat this one. I really can't. can't. I can't. So unfortunately, this will be the last one I ever write, but the, the first one I thought of was the great Flatsby, and I did literally sit at my desk for a solid five minutes and laugh out loud, and my analyst was sitting next to me, and now he's in on this too, and he's the one who came up with To Kill a Stocking Bird. No,
0: that's, <laughs> that's so good.
2: True. That's true. So I got to give him credit for that, and I told him that now we have a problem because he's thinking like me, and, and I apologize for bringing him into this absolute garbage so. All right, but you know where it came from. I'm actually reading 1984 of course, right now. I never have had to, to read that one. Can I tell you so, something?
0: Think about this. you. Absolutely have to read that because yep. Orwell was like literally decades ahead of his time. If you haven't read it, you got to read it.
2: He was. Did you know that his name isn't actually George Orwell? Oh no, it's Eric Austin Blair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Not Look it up. That. <laughs> It's true. It's true. Okay. So let's talk about this a little bit though, because I am tired of talking about the twos 10 spread. It doesn't mean that it's useless. doesn't mean that it's not a signal. It's absolutely a signal, but there's a lot of other stuff that we can also watch. And there's a lot of other spreads that we can also watch. I tweeted about a couple of these this week. First and foremost, the great Flapsby one. <laughs> is a flattening of the spread we call it the near-term forward spread so it's the three-month spot rate right now the the three-month yield right now and the projected three-month yield in a year and a half why does that matter it matters because what it signals is when the market thinks the fed is going to have Mm -hmm. to cut rates why would the fed have to cut rates because we're in a recession or because there's a lot of economic softening so that's one that we watch a lot it has narrowed quite a bit, but it's not inverted, so the alarm bells are not going off yet. The "to kill a stocking bird" one is the chart that we're showing here, and I want to hear what you guys think about this because this is kind. It makes it sort of black and white, and that's not how this conversation goes. But it is an interesting indicator because for a long time, stocks were. I'm not going to say it, guy. I'm not going to say what they were or were not, but stocks were maybe one of the only options out there, right? for not only dividend income, but upside. Now we're in a situation where yields are high enough. They're not the only option anymore. Not only for income, but also for upside. And that's what this chart is showing, that the dividend yield on the S&P is now well below what you can get on a 10-year treasury. But I'm going to throw that actually back so, to you guys. Okay, I'm what gonna do you let think?
0: Dan, But I'm going to say this. Now, I'm not vain enough to think that, you know, you're thinking of me 24-7, but I will tell you <laughs> because I know... When you put that tweet out and put Tina at the end of it, you knew it was just a matter of time before my eyes saw it and made a
2: comment. Tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong. You are correct. That is correct. I did think of you. It's so easy though, and you know what? Everybody else piles on. It's so easy to get you riled up. It's That's just true. one word, and then my response to you in another tweet, I said her name three times, and I <laughs> thought he might he might just have a heart attack. <laughs> so we're ta-
1: we're talking about alternatives to stocks. That's what I'm kind of reading the tea leaves here yeah. a little bit here, yeah. and. You know, it's funny. I mean, that was kind of the narrative, right? In, in the easy money sort of, you know, kind of phase that we were in for a very long time. And again, it seems like there aren't a whole heck of a lot of alternatives for returns right now, right? Like just yeah. because it's been really rough across a lot of different risk assets in a way. But it's funny. I, I think that it used to be a very qualitative guy. Talk to me a little bit, I, and I mean this sincerely. It used to be a very qualitative things. People used to look at the S&P 500, dividend, and they used to look at where rates are, they kind of come up with a bunch of things, and they'd say, yep, stocks are cheap or stocks are expensive. Now it's just algos doing all this, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and that really feels like we've had this rotation, right, into value, and now into growth a little bit. So we're starting to see growth show good relative strength. And so maybe this is all good stuff, man, to like start considering it this early. Because again, you and I guy, don't think the mar- market's bottom, but this is a narrative that will play out near the near the bottom. And yeah. one of the reasons why big money will chase them.
0: At Look, that point. And, and listen, I mean it's to a certain extent this is playing out the way we thought it would in terms of the market, the way the market is reacting, the way yeah. yields are going, the way the curve is inverting, all those different things. I will say the commodity market took me by surprise, but by and large, where we are today makes sense to me. and I think it's going to continue on this trajectory. at a certain point quickly, I think the market's going to figure out, <laughs> wait a second. You have all these companies. I think seven of the largest Nasdaq companies actually laying people off, talking about mm-hmm. potential demand destruction. That's going to make its way into the market. I don't think it's there yet, though, Dan.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Well, that that was that was. I mean, you didn't even. You kind of buried the lead too. I mean, the name of the piece was a tale of three spreads. No, I, I, I mean, you didn't even. I, you didn't I, even. I, yeah, come no, on, guy. All right, I, well,
0: I, believe me. That, I mean, that, that, it so, was the best of times, worst. Of, I mean, I totally saw it. you get yeah. saw. What she did I know. there.
2: I, wow. I couldn't I couldn't get them all in.
0: <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I just say this though. And, and again, you've been, you've been kind of harping on this for a while and I don't mean to make it sound like in a negative fashion that the 210 is not like the thing that you're most focused on. As far as the 10 year, if you're just a dumb equity guy like Guy and me, you know, this thing, the tension is building here and the 10 year treasury yield here. And it's gonna. it really feels like it's gonna break one way or another. And we're kind of in a market right now where major macro assets are breaking out of these pennant formations all over the place. We saw it in the dollar, you know, a few months ago and you saw what happened to that thing. So to me, that's one of the reasons why we keep a very close eye on it. All right, let's pivot here. We got to do one for the road. We only have a couple minutes left here and we definitely want to get your take on this, Liz. Our main man, John Butters, who was on Market Call last week, he writes the Earnings Insight blog On We love his note. He gives us a preview of its Friday drop here. And so, Guy, this one is interesting, and I'd love to get Liz's take on this. We're talking about relative value outside of the U.S. here. You know, the war is going to continue. It doesn't seem like there's any end in sight here. But he's saying that higher earnings and revenue growth than the S&P 500 with more domestic exposure in Q2 here. So you were talking about international revenue exposure. We're talking about earnings. With companies, you know, that get more than 50% of that overseas. We know what the dollar is doing. Talk to us a little bit about this because prior to the war, I know a lot of macro investors were thinking that Europe and other parts outside the US were looking a lot cheaper than the US.
2: Yeah, they look cheaper for a reason, though. And even though the ECB raised rates by 50 basis points, keep in mind their economy is way more fragile than ours is. And even them digesting a 50 basis point hike is a little scary. So I still think they're cheap for a reason. I think that Europe probably is in a recession. And also always keep in mind that implementing monetary policy across a region that is a bunch of different countries is really, really hard. And it's not gonna be a homogeneous reaction. So I think there's going to continue to be pressure there. However, that also means that the dollar probably stays strong. So there's a couple different headwinds that might happen in the U.S. as well with a strong dollar. So it's not necessarily just cut and dry, stay away from one, go towards the other. But I would still be cautious and staying out of Europe for a little while.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And pull up a dollar chart just to see. I mean, Carter's talked about the potential for a pullback. We're starting to see it now. Mm -hmm. And you know that note from Butters was interesting. I would not have thought those numbers were what they are given... What we've seen, obviously a stronger dollar slowing growth in different regions outside the United States. I did not think you'd see revenue and earnings growth that we've seen internationally for some of these companies, but that's what makes markets. That's why Butter's work is so good. Quickly though, we gotta give her a just due. I mean, we didn't even mention Jane Austen here. Give me your I mean, I can't even believe I'm gonna say, give me your, your pride and prejudice.
2: Well, you look, I think, and I've said this many times, I do think that investors can start buying in summer, right? I still want to wait until the end of next week. I want to get past next week. Now, if I miss the beginning of a rally, fine. I'm okay with that. The point here is to avoid the big drawdowns. I think we need to get past the GDP number. We need to get past at least 50% of the S&P reported. And then in, in August, start Thinking about wading back in, but that's where the prudence piece comes in. Wade back in and be selective about it. And I think you continue to wade back in through fall because to both of your points, I think we get a better chance when the market pulls back a little bit to buy some of the stuff that you really like. And that stuff would be, if I were you, consumer discretionary. I'm still big on financials. And they like small caps. Healthcare yeah. too, but healthcare's kind of a forever love.
1: Yeah, guy, okay. I just want to I just yeah. want to say one thing on that too. And and, and so I, I agree with the timing of that. And listen, like I like I said on market call for the last month and change, I mean, I've been picking at things. No one's gonna nail the bottom. No one's gonna know. Just my yeah. belief is that when you think about what's going on with what the Fed's doing, mm-hmm. what they're signaling, even if let's say in September they do a 50 basis point raise and they kind of signal that they're gonna wait and see. All of those increases are going to work themselves in the economy and companies are not going to change on a dime after they pull back and start to kind of just go balls to the wall as far as hiring and capex and all that sort of stuff. So to me, I just think it's going to be really messy for the next you know, five or six months and you're going to have opportunities to buy different groups that look attractive to you, but you're going to have the dollar cost average. No one rings the bell at the bottom.
0: Also, right. the wall. I mean, it sounds extraordinarily painful. Dear Prudence, <laughs> by the way, not one of my favorite Beatles songs, but I'll say this without blowing smoke. EY, I mean, you've since last fall, and that's coming up on a year, you know, you've been very, your commentary has been spot on in terms of being cautious. You're one of the first people to say we're now in a market where you sell rallies, not buy dips. So good for you. So the fact that you're staying Thank still you. be prudent I think people should take away a little bit. I think you're far more encouraged than you were a few weeks ago, and I think your note is excellent. I would give this one, if I were to rate it, this is a 9.3 out of 10. This, to me, is your best effort <laughs> oh, no. yet.
2: Just now we have ratings.
0: Show, it just goes to show you're just getting better <laughs> each week. But that's it. I said 30 minutes. I lied. I knew we weren't going to hit it on the screws <laughs> because that's what I am. I'm- so that's it for market call we ain't here tomorrow because it's friday unless something ridiculous happens and maybe we'll do a twitter spaces but we'll be back on monday check out ey's blog every thursday at sofi.com slash blog follow her on twitter at liz young i know you all are if your <laughs> friends aren't tell them please do thanks to our sponsors FactSet, set sofi and of course we're powered by open exchange Have a great day. Enjoy your Friday. Yankee baseball as we speak. A twin bill in Houston. I think we sweep, but I always think that. (laughs) Hasta la vista, peeps. (laughs) See ya.
2: Thanks, Liz. (laughs) Bye-bye.